Welcome to the Cultivating Business Growth Podcast, bringing you weekly discussions designed to help you grow your business and create the lifestyle you desire. Elevate your business with proven strategies from CPAs and business advisors. We discuss real-world challenges solved with actionable steps that get you real results, both in business and building the life you desire. Thank you so much for joining us for episode number 43 of the Cultivating Business Growth Podcast brought to you by PJS and Co. CPAs. I'm your host, Megan Spicer, and today we are talking about always staying innovative and how to challenge yourself to keep yourself and your business moving forward. And today we have Jamie Johnson on with us. How's it going, Jamie? It is going pretty good. How are you doing, Meg? Good. Chugging along, you know. It's summer. You got to find 800 activities for your child to do. Not that we're just like coming off (laughs) e-learning. Right, right. It's a great time to talk about innovation because I need to get real innovative as to how uh, three kids under eight stay challenged and uh, entertained without completely just resorting 100% to electronics. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. The struggle is real. Luckily, my kids are too little to be in school this year, but we actually just, that's where I was before we started recording, was picking up the registration packet for the school that they just accepted the transfer to for my oldest, because she's going to start kindergarten. And I keep asking, so what does kindergarten look like in the fall? Do we know? And no one has an answer. And it's two months away as of the recording of this. Yeah. This podcast. So it's a little like, it's it was already... I was feeling anxious about her starting school just because she's my oldest. She's the first one to be in school. And now with all of this uncertainty, I'm just like, okay, well, I guess I'm not going to worry about it. You're in a very jaded view of entering school. right? (laughs) Well, yeah. And it's going to be hard for her because she doesn't have any basis to start with, you know, like any sense of like a classroom structure. Like if we do end up doing e-learning and it's just going to be pretty much like we have been doing up to this point at home. So it'll be interesting. That's for sure. Yeah. We took a survey, um, our school district sent out and stuff. So they actually, apparently, I believe this month they're supposed to be meeting and making some decisions for fall, um, which I'm glad. I hope that that's really the changes that happens, uh, you know, versus, you know, trying to prepare us. But I feel like it's all kind of you know, I, I hate, I even hate, I cringe to use the word unprecedented, <laughs> but <laughs> no, don't you know, it, go there, Jamie. <laughs> yeah, it, just could, it could start to, you know, something else could, you know, evolve different, you know, regulations or whatnot. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But I yeah, we don't even know what's going to happen between mm-hmm. now and August. So yeah, we, uh, there, there was another mom at the pool this morning, took the kids to the pool and they, she's like, get them back. And I am like, amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> let's go. So (laughs) I am, it's, it's, it's definitely very, very hard to prioritize, uh, what you should be doing with your child, children. Um, you know, one of my best friends has four different grades next year. I mean, I can't even imagine if, yeah. I mean, if she's just at home, I mean, it's just too much for them to, you know, try and allocate, even if you gave each, each kid, you know, two to three hours a day of trying to help them through, get them through and really, 
giving them what they need, I, I feel like you're still not giving them truly what they need, you know? So, um, About four different lesson plans, four different grades, yeah. switch gears mentally that many times during the day. That's a lot. That's yep. a lot. Plus be mom because yep. it's a very different role to play teacher versus mom. Yeah. You know, and that's what I was talking to my husband about. I said, it's going to be bizarre trying to put on the teacher hat after being mom. You know, she sees me as mom for the past five years. And now all of a sudden, okay, now we're going to sit down and learn and you got to focus. And like, it's just, it's going to be weird. So. Hmm. I don't think I was meant to ever wear the teacher hat. No. (laughs) (laughs) I don't like being forced doing it, but. Yeah. Right. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. But we're teaching today. We're teaching innovation and challenge and. Just to a much older (laughs) crowd. (laughs) I think. (laughs) That's essentially what we're talking about today is how challenge is the birth of innovation. And we're all facing these challenges that obviously are difficult and we're, we're getting through it, but we're also finding new ways of, putting our day together and trying to figure out how we're going to teach our kids because we have to, right? So that's what this episode boils down to is, well, you got to step up because there's no other option. Innovation is a very interesting thing because it's always birthed out of, you know, a, a dead end, a windy road, a change of career, a new line of business, a new business in itself. Uh, you know, that is typically where people kind of that light bulb moment, right? Of, mm-hmm. I think this could work. Let's logistically talk this out. And what am I willing to risk? Obviously, there's always a risk factor there, right? Um, But that always, we're always kind of pushed into innovation. We don't naturally just walk straight into innovation and go, well, I'm here. That was easy. Yeah. (laughs) Great way, right? So, um, you know, I mean, one, my my grandfather actually started uh, a trucking business back in 1949. My dad and my uncle, um, became part of it and, you know, eventually obviously took over ownership and everything. Um, and back in the eighties, um, they actually hauled, uh, I'm from the Midwest and shout out to the, to the ag farmers, if anybody's listening, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but what would happen is, is if you're not familiar with agriculture, I'll, I'll try to stay very high level here, but what would happen is, is our farmers would get the, in around April, they would get the ground ready and in the ground would go, obviously the nutrients and you would be plowing the ground and getting it ready for the planting season and such. And you would enter your crops. And then when the fall came um, later in the fall, you harvest those crops and you have to insert obviously the um, nutrients back into the ground and kind of, you know, keep, keep basically giving it life. So one of the ways in the trucking business, you know, they would spread lime or they would deliver sand and they would deliver fuel and they would, um, when they would harvest, say it was a cornfield, the corn, uh, the grain, when they would harvest that and go through and get that, my dad's semis would actually take them to the elevator to sell. Right. And so there was that, he was kind of that middleman in between mm-hmm. all of that harvested, uh, crop to the elevator and they would weigh it and everything. Well, a lot of regulations changed in the eighties and, it was like, there was a lot of subsidies that farmers could get. Well, farmers cut out businesses like my dad's and got their own semis. And so here we had a business um, that had been around for 30, 40 years, right? Wow. And 
they had to find a new way to survive. And so they actually staying in the ag field when they deposit those nutrients in there, they kind of go in like needles in a soil um, and hydrous ammonia goes in there. And that's the, um, it's a very, it's a very uh, hard market to get into because obviously it's a very, very, very contaminant product, um, which kind of <laughs> is not necessarily a great word you want to hear when they're harvesting crops that we eat. Um, and Nutrient. Now, you, now I'm going to be Googling hydrous ammonia to figure yeah. out what that yeah. is. <laughs> yeah, it's a very, very dangerous, um, you know, chemical and everything, but it's one that our ground needs in order to help keep it fertile and, you know, give it obviously just, you know, just the same way it fuels the soil, just like, you know, food fuels our body. So they actually got into that business is to hauling the anhydrous ammonia. And like I said, because it's such a potent product, not everybody can haul it. The licenses, like I was saying, the barriers to entry were really high to get in, but they went that route. They had already was hauling fuel and propane um, for various uh, area residents and such. And they still did their, you know, sand. So they still did what they, they knew what to do and had been doing done for a long time, but they really, they really pivoted and went into this new industry um, not a ton of competitors and, you know, they already had really great established rapport, um, with their drivers and such. And so, um, they, 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 they were able to pivot and really take that and kind of pull about that and develop that. And they, they were still delivering it, um, when the business was sold back in 2018. So that was a really, that was a really huge fundamental pivot, you know, for innovation because the business could not have survived in the current the current way that it was going. And so right. they had to find another way. And then, you know, obviously whenever you do any type of new line of business or anything, you also find that you can do little things on the side. Like they had refurbished tanks. And so they were able to learn even more about the product and, and, and such and provide a different service that wasn't during those busy times. Cause they would obviously, you know, have two busy times a year for the um, planting and the harvesting is when they were mainly needed for that anhydrous and then everything else kind of leveled out throughout the year and everything. So it would kind of really, really push them. It wasn't, it was uncomfortable and it, you know, it was, it was really scary and it was a chance um, that they had to take though um, because it was, it was survival. Right. And so, you know, knowing what our needs are, knowing what we need to do and not only that, but satisfying the burning desire inside of us is something because you can, you can do a lot of different things in your life. Right. But when you don't satisfy that burning desire, like it doesn't go away, <laughs> at least right. very it doesn't go away. So, yeah. you know, it really always has us thinking and even if it's just in the back of our mind. So, you know, when you, when you're forced to get into the innovation, think about it, think about it, you know, how, from a long-term perspective, from a short-term perspective and go with your gut, you know, because sometimes you can talk this over with somebody and they have no idea. They have no insight <laughs> into what you're doing. So they might go, yeah, that sounds like a really great idea, but I really, I have no idea. I can't provide you any insight to that. I don't know if there's going to be a return on investment if you go that way. You know, you, might, you could lose everything or, you know, there's so many degrees of conversation that it can go, right? It right. may fail. And I think as entrepreneurs, it's kind of like our, it's kind of who we are, right? We're not afraid right. of failure. Um, and we're able to kind of try because if you're afraid of failure and you're a small business, medium-sized business owner, like good luck. 
Yeah. Statistics for the Small Business Administration is what, like 90 to 95% of small businesses fail within the first five years. You know, you always got to have integrity in what you're doing. Um, I mean, you definitely reap what you sow, no pun intended when relating to agriculture, right? Right. Right. So if you don't nurture that soil and you don't take care of that, you get into the wrong contract or whatever it is in your business that you just feel like has to be done. Sometimes on those moments that we feel like something has to be responded to, something has to be done, something has to be locked in. There's, there's truth to those, but you know, you, you can't be forced into something either. Well, and I think that story really highlights the importance of challenge and really embodies that entrepreneurial spirit that every business owner needs to have at their core, you know, as far as being willing to face the challenges and have the resiliency to come back over and over and understanding that that risk is there. You're not going to have huge successes without kind of going out on a limb every once in a while. And then I think the integrity aspect too. I mean, that's obviously, you have to have integrity. I mean, if you're going to keep going and feel good about it, I guess, <laughs> in my eyes and, you know, follow your heart and make sure that what you're doing is, is serving people in the right way. You but know, now if, that we- if you get some, if you get where you, you want to go, where your goal is and you turn back and you have no relationships and you have, so you have all this money or whatever it is that you're trying to achieve. Um, and you look back and you're kind of there by yourself, like, I mean, maybe that is for some people, but I kind of look back at that and I'm like, e, that's not, is that really, is that really, yeah. Is that really how you wanted to get there was yeah. stepping on all those people to, to make sure that you were ahead. And I mean, there's one thing about protecting who you are, protecting your ideas and not just, you know, uh, cause not everybody is good in the world. Right. Right. Not everybody's going to have great intentions. Right. But when you take care of people, And when you take care of yourself and you balance the two of those as best as possible, not to say you won't tick anybody off and not to say you won't be ticked off at some point by anybody else. But, you know, when you balance those two and you can look back and you can see how you've added here and you added here and you added here and you go, that was worth it. That was like when you really stop back and step back and you reflect on all that, that's where you're like, that's a life worth living. Yeah. Right. Yep. Totally agree. So now that we've talked about the importance of challenge and why it's important to challenge yourself, we want to talk about some strategies on how to do that. Because again, we we like to get tactical in this podcast. We don't like to just talk about theoretically, uh, you know, okay, that that's a nice idea, you know, but it's very lofty. So let's get down to brass tacks and talk about some strategies on how you can actually challenge yourself as a business owner. Oh, nobody, sometimes (laughs) challenge is great. Competition is great. (laughs) However, it's not always fun. It's not, the timing isn't always great in in our eyes and, and such. And so you know, sometimes your approach with those challenges in a time where it's kind of catches you off guard and mm-hmm. sometimes you're prepared for it. Uh, personally, like I, I like to be prepared for those challenges, right? And be strategic. I think and we all do, right? Not- <laughs> I don't think none, anybody is like, oh, I love 
surprise challenges to come up in my day. Anything like, you got, yeah. Tires are my favorite. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So, you know, I, th- I think being prepared for the unknown, I know that's the unknown and you're kind of probably raising your eyebrows like, well, that makes a whole lot of sense, right, Jamie? But when you are prepared and you're sound and your business strategies and your sound and, and what your business can do, what it can withstand. And, um, you know, you have, you have laid this foundation of greatness, right? Mm-hmm. And maybe you haven't seen it financially yet, but you've laid these wonderful relationships. You've laid these, um, you know, you've protected your business. You have all of these things and then challenges come your way. You're able to respond in a sound way. Okay. I mean, we talk to business owners that have it together. We have business owners that are really successful that I'm like, how in the world did you get there <laughs> without having all of these things in place? And so I'm not going to sit here and be like, there's a perfect business model and there's a perfect way to do it because, and you know, challenges come in different ways, shape, many, many shapes and forms and sizes and whatnot. So first thing you can do is, you know, kind of be able to step back and assess the situation and figure out it's just one step after another, right? So when you're taking things step by step, that's exactly what you're doing, right? Mm-hmm. You're not supposed to run this and skip over 10 steps and everything and, and just know and give yourself grace. It's one step at a time, right? And and the obstacles that come, you know, you you stop and you assess my my son is into this ultimate beastmaster on Netflix, like crazy. I mean, like he's obsessed with it, right? And every time they get to a new obstacle, right? They've trained, they've prepared, they've they've done all these things. And they get to the obstacle and they assess and they assess what they need to do. And sometimes right. they fall off and sometimes they fail, and sometimes you go, Oh my gosh, how did they <laughs> do that? Same, same concept, right? Yep. Sometimes it's like, I don't, I don't think we can weather this storm. I don't think we can, you know, I don't think we can make it to here. I don't, you know, like you have to, you have to, A, you have to know you can, and you have to think, okay, how do I strategize? How do I get back up and try it again? And, or, you know, once again, maybe you innovate and you go a different route. You find a different way, right? Well, and in those athletes too, you can see it in their eyes, like the frustration, obviously, when they do fail. But the first thing a lot of them say is, well, I know what I did wrong and I need to try it again. And there it is. It comes back to that resiliency yep. and being not giving up. Yep. Because you're even if you do fail, you take those learn as learning opportunities. Yeah. So that you can apply it to the next time. Exactly. Exactly. Like they're going to go back and I guarantee you they're going to tackle that, that obstacle if they get another chance at it. Not like they tackled it the first time. Mm-hmm. They might implement it. They might change it up to how they were doing it. Whatever it is. It's the same thing with business, right? Okay. So what didn't work? And sometimes we're completely baffled, right? And we go, what in the heck just happened? Like, I don't even know. I don't even know which way's up. And, you know, you can't let them stop you in what you do. But, you know, if you have, if you have a sounding board and I know sometimes we beat this and I know that we're strategic advisors, right? I'm not sitting here beating on somebody's door going, you have to go with somebody like us, right? But you have to have a sounding board. I love when my, when I say my, our clients come and they go, what am I going to do? Well, Hey, 
you know what? Did you think about this, this, and this, and this? And what about, think about all the time you put into that. That would be a great, I love how you took this and you did this. And, you know, you're able to see, they're able to see things kind of from a different perspective because two viewpoints, right? Mm -hmm. Looking at the same goal and understanding and having advisors that understand you and understand your goal and understand where you want to get to. There's people, there's clients that, you know, we advise that are brand new. There are people that have, you know, operated their business for many years and everything. So everybody, everybody does have a different way of thinking and they have a different strategy, right? I love hearing about people's innovative efforts and their, their constant and their, their fight. I love the fight in it to proceed on and to prevail. Mm -hmm. And I love for them to see their value in the midst of a hurricane. I love it. Like there's nothing more that fuels me that goes, do you realize what you just did? Like, do you realize what you just did and how you added value? And, you know, sometimes we get this, this bird's eye view, 10,000 foot view of what it was, you know, what it is that they really did. Right. And you look down and you go, Oh, and remember when you remember when you faced that and you found a new way to do it and it wasn't even on your radar, right. but you were able to, because you were prepared. Right. I love that. I absolutely love that. And, um, you know, there are, there are sometimes, you know, depending on what industry you're in and whatnot, there might be some regulations that kind of get in your way. Maybe there's some red tape on how you got to get through it, but, you know, having the right legal team and having someone who, you know, has your best interest, they're not just wanting you to pay a bill, right? But they right. have your best interest, right? Huge advantage in your corner. Huge. Yeah. Definitely. Um, so just to recap some of the the strategies that we've talked about just high level here. The first one is to be prepared and to lay that groundwork for your business. And that really doesn't have anything to do directly with challenge, but I would say that's the foundation of where you need to start in order to handle challenges effectively. You know, it's like starting a new workout plan, you're going to have challenges, but if you're not at a certain point already, you need to start lower or, you know, like you need to have the right foundation in order to get where you're going. And then finding that resilience, not letting st obstacles stop you, finding ways around it rather than giving up at the first sign of challenge. That's where that innovation is going to come from. And then number three is having that sounding board or team, someone that's going to be able to look at the issue that you're having and help you see that through a different lens, you know, of their own experience that could maybe point out different things that you hadn't seen or, you know, ways that you overcame challenges in the past, like Jamie was saying. So let's continue on with some other strategies. So let's just say you have this idea and you kind of don't know where to start. You kind of have the roundabout structure of it, right? Mm -hmm. Take time and really think it through and throw it off somebody else. I, you know, I would say very few successful, uh, you know, businesses just go full steam ahead and they never consult and they never, you know, find out what anybody else is doing and they just keep their head down and they just keep plowing forward. Um, you have to take action. But take action wisely, take action efficiently, uh, efficiently. So I was talking to a friend that's a lawyer. She was saying, she said, you know, she had a friend who was like investing in rocket lawyer. And oh, yeah. she said, 
you know, they've got this great idea and they're a really smart individual, <laughs> but why would you go with Rocket Lawyer? Like just pay a little bit more <laughs> and get sound good advice. She's like, right. this is going to burn them in the end, likely. And, you know, I know some people are probably just willing to take that risk that it doesn't burn them. But man, wouldn't you rather just go into something like sound and know what you're really doing and roll and you, you've got the right people on your team? There's things that you need to be willing to risk. But when it comes to things like this, where you can bring that risk level down and prepare yourself again, coming back to preparation properly, why not? Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, that risk, it's a funny thing. Um I think when a lot of small and mid-sized business owners take risk, I don't think they understand the amount of risk they're taking. I know they, I think they think they're taking risk, but they don't realize the magnitude of the risk that they're actually taking. And a lot of times people want to turn a blind eye, right? And they don't want, they don't want an honest opinion. They don't want the honest risk or like, you know, liability that, that is up in a situation like that. And you know, good luck. I I hope that works out for you. However, it's just it's just good to be sound. So, you know, be honest with yourself and understand that, you know, from a long-term perspective and a short-term perspective, what does this mean for you? Mm-hmm. You don't you don't train for a five mile race only to run 12 miles, right? You train for a 12 mile race like it's a 12 mile race. And right. you got to know, you know, there's going to be um, some bumps along the way and everything, but having that long-term perspective and knowing that you're, you're striding and keeping your eyes on the prize and you're, you're, you're striding towards something bigger and better, and you're willing to invest as opposed to an instant gratification. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes yeah. things do have a short turnaround and there's, you know, money to be made on that and, and everything. Um, but usually if you're going to have a high value that is an instant gratification, there's going to be a lot of risk associated with it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. A lot. So, um, you know, just being able to, to withstand and weather the storm. So once you get this idea and you understand the risk, right, you really need to think about it and think about strategically, financially, um, you know, maybe your family can't withstand the longevity of, of the investment that you need to make. Um, and everybody, once again, even as much as we just talked about that advisory team, that team at home has to be on board too. Mm-hmm. You know, so everybody understands what's at play, what's at risk, what's, you know, what are you willing to invest and what, um, what sacrifices along the way that you're going to have to make and sacrifices are fine. Sacrifices are great, but you better make sure you have the right ones to sacrifice. Um, well, and that you're making them intentionally, I think exactly. is, is important. You're not just do, go doing it because you have to, and I'm putting up air quotes um, or because <laughs> you think you have to, uh, because I think a lot of people kind of just go along with the, uh, Oh, well, that's what is expected of me. Or, you know, like you make assumptions or you make up these stories in your head, but be intentional about what you're sacrificing. I think that's important. You know, and I I think there's a way to be smart. Um, I think there's a way to work hard um, without just sacrificing 
every bit of your family, mm-hmm. who you are as a person, um, you know, and being able to satisfy that burning desire that we talked about earlier. All right. So let's talk about this last uh, point here um, and last strategy to think about when looking to challenge yourself. And I think this is a really important one and one that's hard to do sometimes, especially with failures. Responsibility. (laughs) No one wants to take responsibility, Jamie. That's not fun. (laughs) It's totally not fun. And, uh, you know, I feel like if you're a parent out there and you're listening, like, I swear how many times you have to tell your kids, be responsible. (laughs) We were at the pool today and Wyatt goes, that kid borrowed my flipper and I didn't know where it's at. And, you know, and I'll add a little stuff. And I said, I'm so glad that I pay money (laughs) for my children to lose things at times. Be responsible. (laughs) Then we got in the car and the extra flipper was in the car. (laughs) Good. But, but we do. We find his winter coat for our longtime listeners. No, I don't think we ever run for two there. One for two. But responsibility. Gosh, I mean, it is sometimes it is so hard to go. That was me. I messed up. I'm sorry. And maybe you have to apologize to somebody else. Maybe you have to apologize to yourself. But I think being responsible and, you know, holding yourself to, you know, responsible to yourself will only refine you um, so you can press on and so you can keep going and, and, and change and, and do and make internal changes, make external changes, whatever it is that you have to do to kind of press on, but be responsible. Mm-hmm. Be cognizant of what's going on around you. Be cognizant of the people that you have, that you be responsible to them, right? Um, everybody, everybody does. They want, the, they want the reward, but they don't. They don't want the risk and they don't want the responsibility. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, if it's too good through, it probably is. Yeah. It really is. So, um, you know, just, just holding yourself responsible and taking action and cause you also have to be responsible for not taking action. Correct. Right. Right. And it is delicate balance. Like you said, like it's a huge, it's a huge delicate balance constantly and, and everything. So once again, I go back to that gut you know? Yeah. And well, and I think we've summed up, you know, some of the things that it's basically characteristics that you need to work on in order to make it through challenges successfully. Um, And I know you wanted to talk just to sum up the conversation about end goals. And because sometimes we're going to run into challenges that may not even be worth overcoming because they're not in the interest of our vision or end goal. So I think that's important to address too. So let's talk about that just briefly to, to sum this episode up. You know, knowing, knowing what your end goal is and where you want to end up and how you're going to get there. Like it's, that's, those are kind of, those are some pretty huge impact questions, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and maybe you do, maybe you have like a one-year plan, a three-year plan, a five-year plan. Um, maybe you want to stay with this for all of your, uh, your career. And maybe you got another 20 years until, you know, quote unquote retirement, right? And that may be the goal. And that's cool. That's great. That's wonderful. But know your goal. Maybe you want to step in and you go, I want to sell this business in five years and then I'm going to invest and I, you know, and I'd like to do something else. So, you know, and those, if you, if you have a business and say you wanted to sell it in five years, 
A, you got to know how much it's worth, right? You got to know, you, you kind of got to have a, an idea of what you could get for it, maybe to invest in something else after those five years. And maybe that's who you are. I've seen, I've seen business owners invest in five years, sell that business, and then they invest in something else. They go a different route um, because they can't stay. The longevity of them staying in the same industry, same business is not something they desire and they know their end goal, Right. And they know their end goal is to do a lot of different things along the way and to connect with who they need to along the way. So they, they know their end goal just as much as somebody who wants to stay in the same business for 30 years, right? So, you know, once again, we talked about that burning desire that's inside of you that you go, I really, I love when X happens. Like that makes me more happy than anything. Like that right there, like, is worth all of the work. I remember, cause I remember even in college I had, my mom was a stay at home mom. My dad worked at the truck service, obviously. And I loved my mom being there. I loved having her there. Like I came home from school. My mom was home. When I went to bed, my mom was home. <laughs> my mom was always home. And we, I was one of four kids and everything. And I looked at that and I said, I don't, I, I know I'm not, I don't have the, the, in college, I remember thinking, I don't have the mind to just sit at home and not do anything. And only, and my mom did a lot of things for the record, <laughs> not saying, I think all do moms do. Let's just put that out there. Right. <laughs> the, my oldest sister has Down syndrome. And then, like I said, I'm one of four siblings of four kids. So, I mean, she had a lot of, she did, she, that was her full-time job. Um, so I knew I wanted to be there, but I knew that I always needed to somewhat be challenged with, with whatever I was doing. I'm like, I don't want this to just not be used by me. And I said, I, I'm going to go back and I'm going to get my CPA. I was one year out. And I said, in the future, when I get my kids, even though I wasn't engaged at the time, <laughs> Adam and I were just dating, but I knew, knew. I did. I knew that, that if there was a decent chance that I was going to be able to use my education and still be at home with my kids and kind of dictate that flexibility, I knew that I had to get my CPA. I knew there was a good chance that I could possibly write my own ticket if I got my CPA and I was doing something I, I loved and I was still there for my children. And, you know, fast forward, should I even date myself here? Um <laughs> years and I have three children under the age of eight and not only am I providing something that is an alternative that I am able to do both for myself we have a team of 12 women that also get to do it and it's not just because it was my idea or not anything but I had a dream I had a dream in 2005 of what I wanted the opportunity to be able to do. And I didn't even know what that looked like. I had no idea. <laughs> I just knew that if I wanted a shot, this was probably it. This was my best chance to be able to do it. And that was back then when nobody worked virtually. That was back then. And when nobody was, you know, nobody did anything like this at all. Um, so have that dream and foster that dream. And maybe that, maybe that dream, you have no idea how it incorporates with your current situation, but right. We are an ever evolving process. And as an entrepreneur, whatever we have in that, that fire inside of us, that is an ever evolving flame and feed the flame, feed the fire. And 
don't forget that dream. And that dream may change. So you still have to, um, it, it's been a bumpy road. I've had many challenges along the way, right? But I've known my end goal of what I've always wanted to do. And so keep that, be inspired by that and know that, that, that it can be beyond your wildest imaginations. But I had to be able to see that long-term. And I had to know that it wasn't just going to be something that just was served on a silver platter to me. So weather the storm, take responsibility, be willing to take that risk and reward, but feed the fire, stay motivated and, and press on uh, because that's the only way to kind of get through those challenges strategically um, and have, have, have those people in your corner. Let them train you for the fight of your life. I love that. There you go, Jamie. I mean, you couldn't have said it better. I, I love that. So I'm, I'm not going to spoil that with any other commentary. <laughs> I'm just going to say if, if today's episode helped you and just helped you, you know, even inspire you to, to take on those challenges, maybe you're facing something right now that is particularly challenging and you maybe took something away that you were able to implement, share this episode or you know someone who's facing challenges, share this episode with them and, you know, hopefully it can do the same for them. As always, we thank you so much for your time and listening to our podcast. We love having you. We love being able to, to chat with you and invite you into to our own team for 30 minutes or however long we have you. And we hope you keep that momentum going and we will see you next week. This has been another episode of the Cultivating Business Growth Podcast. If you found this episode helpful, please subscribe, rate, and review. Gain access to additional free resources and learning opportunities by visiting pjscpas.com forward slash podcast.